0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our new website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to freedom. Some years ago, uh, there was a phrase that became very popular from a movie title. And this phrase was called bucket list. Bucket list. There are many that begin to use that phrase a lot more. At least I seen it. I didn't notice it as much as after the movie came out. And uh, essentially what a bucket list is, is a a list of things that you want to do before you leave this earth things that you want to accomplish in your life their life goals and things that you want to do how many have something like that life goals bucket list maybe you even call it your bucket list it's on my bucket list i even heard it this week from an individual said that's on my bucket list and uh i said they did not even know what i'm preaching at but uh this morning i want to bring a message part of our all in series how many of you have been appreciating the all in series so far yes How many received a little pin on the way in? Anybody received a pin on the way in, All In? I'll get to that in a few. I'll get to that in a few, what that looks like and what that means. Uh, But All In has been more than a series. Uh, It's been a way of life. And this morning's message is entitled, More Than a Bucket List, Embracing Your Identity. Embracing your identity. One thing I realize is that When you go through a bucket list situation, you start to think of tasks, things that you want to accomplish. You start to think of uh, the opportunities that are before you, uh, things that you want to get done. You follow me? Here are a bunch of things that I want to get done. And so some people live their lives in a way that is, uh, I want to just fulfill all these tasks. And if I can just fulfill all these tasks... Then I can now be fulfilled. You follow? And so in our lives we can easily make our lives look like a bucket list. Here's a series of things I need to get done so that my life will be fulfilled. But I want to tell you something here this morning. Life is more than a bucket list. Come on, tap your neighbor tell them life is more than a bucket list. Here's a bucket. There's no list in there. There's money. I'm going to take this over here. But the idea that life is more than a bucket list really dawned on me this week. Because I started thinking about how sometimes I can make my life about tasks. I wake up in the morning and I think here are the things I need to get what today? Done today. Here are the things I need to check off my List And here's a bunch of reminders I have. Blunt, blunt, you know, blinking on my phone. Do this, do that, get that. And I can make my life about a bunch of things. But never ever get to who I really am. Your life, friend, look at me. Your life is more than a bucket list. Your life is more than a series of of, uh, of assignments, tasks. And things that have been presented before you. Believers often allow themselves to be defined by what they do rather than who they are. You can define yourself by what you have accomplished. Oh, I can die in peace because I did this. I can die in peace because I did that. But who are you? Who is the one that's really going to rest in peace? If you can't answer who you are, it's because you've never answered whose you are. So I want to tell you this morning if I can take this example. I have this baseball card up on your screen here in a moment, and this baseball card this tops baseball card is called Baltimore Orioles Future Stars. And this card is valued at about a hundred dollars. There are three players on this card. Jeff Schneider played one year of professional baseball, pitched 11 games. Bobby Bonner played for years in the majors, but only appeared in 61 games. Never hit a home run in his entire career. But the third one. Everybody say, but the third one. If you know about sports, you know what I'm talking about when you look at the third one. The one right there in the middle. Square dab in the middle. His name is simply Cal Ripken Jr. He played 21 years for the Baltimore Orioles, appeared in 3,001 games. He came to bat 11,551 times, collected 3,184 hits, 431 home runs, or yeah, home runs, and batted 1,695 runs in. Cal Ripken Jr., Can I tell you something here this morning? His name on that card is the reason why the card is worth $100. Not because of Bob Bonner or Jeff Schneider. Because if I was to ask you who Bob Bonner was or who Jeff Schneider was, nobody in this room would know even if you're a Baltimore Orioles fan. But if you're an Orioles fan, I say, do you know who Cal Ripken Jr.? Are you kidding me? Do you know who Cal Ripken? Are you seriously asking me that question? That's like a Yankee fa- asking a Yankee fan, "Do you know who Derek Jeter is? Do you know who Babe Ruth is? Do you know who these players are?" Trust me, I know who they are. That card is not worth what it's worth because of Bob Bonner or Jeff Schneider, but it's worth what it is because of who's next to them. I want to tell you something, we get our value together today, not by who we are, but we find our worth in who's on the card with us. Your value is not defined by you, your value is defined by who died for you. And so I want to tell you today that, that, that you have eternal consideration because there was one in the middle. There was one in the middle. Come on, somebody. That's good right there. That'll preach. There was one in the middle. When there were three crosses, there was one in the middle. When there was on that horrible, horrible day where our Savior died, there was one in the middle. That gave value to all of us. And I'm going to tell you today that it wasn't Jeff Schneider or Bobby Bonner. But it was Cal Ripken that brought value to that card in the same way. Your Savior, Jesus, brings value to your life. So today, I couldn't measure up if I even tried. See, I can say what I want about Bob Bonner and Jeff Schneider, but they got further than I did, right? Even though I was called several times to play in the majors, so I didn't want to talk about it. Okay, that's not true. But the truth is, if I if I try to play like... He, they, they're better than me. They And their best day... Was better than my best day. But even they would say. The only reason this card is worth. Is because of the man in the middle. Can I tell you something? You have worth. Because of the man in the middle. The man in the middle wants you to be more. Than a bucket list. Are you following me? The man in the middle wants you to live your life more. Than just. Thinking that somehow if I can check off a task. Look at me. If I can just check off a task, I can be fulfilled. No, you can't. I'm telling you today that the man in the middle brings value. The essential part of success as a Christian, a believer, is that biblical revelation that therefore if any man is in Christ, he is a what? New creation or new creature. All things are passed away. It depends on who you are, whether it's creation or creature. <laughs> it's not. Did I say that out loud? (laughs) Some of you are new creation. Others of you would say, no, that person right there, a creature. (laughs) Let's move on quickly before something gets thrown at me. Um, All things have passed away. All things have become. The moment you were born again, you received a new identity. But some of you keep reliving your past. Can I tell you today? Stop reliving your past. The man in the middle has redefined it for you. There's a reality based on what happened on the cross. But the challenge we face ourselves today is found in the light. Because when we come under Jesus, we realize, oh wow, that area of my life has not been taken care of. Why do people struggle with church? Why do people struggle with the Bible? Why do people struggle with faith? Why do people struggle with Jesus? They can say God, and everything's okay if you say God in most places, right? How many feel that's true? You can say God in most places, and people will be like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of safe. But if you say Jesus Christ, hold on. That's very specific. And the specificity of Jesus Christ in that sentence changes the whole dynamic. The man in the middle always changes the card. The man in the middle always changes your life. The man in the middle can change your marriage, your home, your workplace. The man in the middle brings value. Somebody say, the man in the middle brought me value. That's who brings you value. You share in that value. You share in that value. You won't take that baseball card, cut it up, and say, okay, this is how much it's worth. No, the card is worth. Whatever's on it. In that same way, we should realize that in our lives, you can't cut out Jesus and somehow remain valuable. Oh, wow, that got personal. You can't cut Jesus out and somehow became, stay, become a person that, that is continuously Sharing in that joy. Are you with me? Who's with me? The book of Ephesians. Turn there with me for a moment. The book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. When you got it, say I got it. The book of Ephesians is six chapters long. And here's what I want to tell you for those of you that are studying. For those of you that like to study your Bible and like to read. and The first three chapters are dedicated to telling you who you are in Christ. Everybody watch this. The first three chapters tell you who you are in Christ. The last three chapters tell you how to live according to who you are. And so the first three, they begin to define our identity. The church, the, the, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and he tells them, here's your identity. The last three, how do you work out your identity? Can I have the house lights all the way on for a moment? Except the stage, don't turn these on, just everything else. That's the way God approaches this. The first three chapters is God telling you, here's who you are. The next three is, how do you take who you are and change the world? Because God has never created you to stay the way you are. And he's never revealed himself so that you would stay where you are. Did you get that? He's never revealed himself to you so you can stay who you are. Never. Never once. So that's the way God approaches this. He says, listen, here's who you are and here's how you execute it. Because he wants us to realize that you are loved everlasting. You are loved. And that love reaches way back before you were even born. Isn't that good news? you were loved before anybody even knew who you were. That's great news. I want you to think about this for a moment. There is no way for you to be all in if you don't know who you are in him. There's no way for you to be all in unless you realize who you are in him. You can't be all in if you don't know who you are in Him. So identifying who you are is very important. So let me give you a couple benefits of embracing this identity in Christ. The first one is this. The first benefit of seeing ourselves in Christ is it fortifies us against temptation. When you start realizing who you are, you realize that some temptations are not going to help you in any way, shape, or form. Right? Right? So you start to identify what temptations are bad and what temptations or things are, you know, sometimes we're tempted to do good things, but they're not necessarily godly things. Can I define that for a moment? There may be things that are not bad for you, but they're not right for you right now. Are you following what I'm saying? Because there's sometimes where things are okay, they're, they're uh, acceptable. They're not sinful, but it's not for you right now. So there's good and then there's God. I don't want what's just good for me, but I want what's God for me. Because you can do you can be so involved in so many different things and never be right in the middle of what God has for you. So the first benefit that I want to tell you is that it fortifies us against temptation, both good and bad. There's good temptation... I just want to do everything. I want to do everything. The temptation there is, now I'm spread too thin and I can't really impact the way God has called me to impact. But the bad temptation is, I'm not going to do anything because I don't know what to do. The bad temptation is, I'm going to do this because I I haven't really prayed about it, but this is what I feel I should do. Can I tell you something, church? Stop thinking with your heart. People are like, wait, wait, what? I think with my brain. No. Well, it comes from your heart, essentially. And if you start following your heart, which is bad advice. I've always said this. I've always believed this. And and it's simply, it's based on scripture. The heart is deceitful and wicked who could trust it. How many ever read that before? Right. That's scriptural. The heart, it, it wants to do what it wants to do sometimes. And it's not always God. It may be good, but it's not always God. And so what happens is it wants to do its own thing. Here's what I want to tell you. Stop thinking with your heart and start thinking with the word. Here's what the word says, so this is what I should do. And so our identity is not found in who your parents were. Your identity is not found in that alcoholic in your family. Your def, your your definition doesn't come from who your mom, who your dad, who your uncles were, what your last name is. What those those are not your identity. That's just a given name. Your identity once you come to Jesus is found only in him. When I am tempted to behave according to my old nature, the nature that the world wants to tell me that's just who you are. Just be that. It's okay. No, it's not okay. Christian, it's not okay to act like the world. It's not okay. It's never okay to act like the world when you've been given a new heart, a new life, a new creation you've become. To act like the world is a backpedaling and you're missing out. So you can't be all in when you're committed to the things of this world. So here's my thought. I have personally found it helpful to actually say it out loud to myself. If I'm settling where I can be, you know, I can settle into this area of comfort. Sometimes I have to tell myself, Tony, you're more than that. You can do that too. And you know what? If somebody thinks you're crazy, that's okay. It's all right. Just for a moment. Just maybe you want to tell yourself, I am more than this. I am more than th- my past. I am more than my name. I am more than my parents were. I am more than that. Not because of what I think I am, but because of what He says I am. Who He says I am. Am I getting anybody on board with this? So watch this. Everybody can see this in their Bible. The first three lights should be on in the back. Everyone look at your Bibles when you see this, whether it lights up or not. Um, You know, I want you to see this Galatians chapter two, verse 20. I I think I have the verse up on the screen as well. And here's what it says. I am crucified with Christ, right? I don't have to live according to the, to the dictates of my old nature. Galatians two 20, but God forbid, this is Galatians six 14, but God forbid that I should boast except on the cross. Of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Galatians 6.14 All the glitter, the pride of life, the vain ambitions of the world, the things of this world lose, listen to me, it loses appeal as we walk out this journey in Christ. Because if you follow those things and you follow it to the end of that road, you will find there's nothing left. And then you say, and I wasted my whole life chasing coin, chasing money, chasing fame, chasing popularity chasing that job opportunity I worked and I worked and I worked and I got that job I surely I will be fulfilled when I get that job surely I'll be fulfilled when I get that car I always wanted it's on my bucket list because what happens is that bucket list becomes its own God and all of a sudden you check off everything you say I'm fulfilled but then you realize you're not and you never were all in and then you stop and you go wow how many years did I waste? You are more than a bucket list. You are more than a bucket list. And I think I think we understand it when we look at Scripture. Because Scripture begins to bring light to something. And when it brings light to something like this, we are afraid to look. How many are honestly, can be honest with yourself here today, and even honest with me. You're afraid to look at your life. Through the lens of scripture. Because you might reveal something about yourself you don't like. Okay. I got about seven people that were completely honest with me. I won't, I'm not counting, but I'm, I'm counting. Um, I, think, I think the truth is that if we're honest with ourselves. We're like, I want God to change my life with minimal changes that I have to do. Is, is that right? Am I I got a lot of... I don't know what that was, that sound that came from the room. I'm not... It was like, hey, you, hey. It was a mixture of things. I'm not sure. It was like a lot of emotion. Maybe it was revelation mixed with sarcasm, mixed with, oh, snap, that's what just happened. You know, it makes a little mixture of all of that. But I think all that emotion sums up the story of our lives. That, wow, sometimes... Sometimes I really, really want God to change me without me having to make an effort. And there's not a person in this room that hasn't felt that way before. Second benefit of seeing ourselves in Christ is that it opens us to the flow of God's grace in our lives. Understand that grace is not just undeserved or unmerited favor. Listen. It is that, but it is also divine enablement. Grace is more than just, you are forgiven, my son. You are forgiven, my child. Because that's how God sounds like in the audiobooks, right? You are forgiven, my child. <laughs> yes, Lord. I hear thee. Some of y'all speak King James like only with Jesus. Thou is my Lord. That was weird. Okay. That's okay. okay. At the end of the day, listen. At the end of the day, God is asking you, find your identity in me. But don't just think that I want to just forgive you. I want to empower you for great things. The operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives... Empowers us to do ministry for Him, and listen. The benefit of God's grace in our lives go goes far beyond just Him forgiving you, forgiving you, forgiving you. Be forgiven, be forgiven. He wants to not just allow you to be forgiven, but allow you to be effective. Did you get that? See, because grace is ours because of the cross. See, God, God's grace is not just. Uh, being born, us being born into the kingdom. Oh yeah, we're born again. We're now saved. We're, we're His. We're all these things, right? But you know what real grace is? Real grace is I received that forgiveness, but now I'm going to take that forgiveness and do something with it. I'm going to have divine enablement to be able to speak light to somebody else. Look at me. God is not just using you as a bowl to pour into. He's using you as a funnel to help somebody else be filled. Is that right? You see, because it it reminds me how sometimes we start in the spirit, but then we end up in the flesh. Because we become so talented or so good at Christian faith that we start to rely on our abilities rather than his ability and his enablement. And so... Paul addresses this to the church of Galatia. Here's what he says. He says in Galatians 3.3, he says, Are you so foolish, having begun the Spirit, that now you have be made perfect by the flesh? In other words, he's saying, you started in the Spirit, you started right, but then somehow the flesh is going to make you right? The flesh is going to keep you legit? The flesh is going to make you stay on course? No, the flesh is not going to do that. Have you become that foolish? That you think you could start in the spirit and end up in the flesh. You know why? Because some of us have been in the faith for so long. That this religion faith thing. It's just emotion after a while. Can you just stop for a moment. And realize that he was all in for you. He was all. He gave his. Like listen. They they, they stripped him naked. And they whipped him 39 times. It was often said in the historical books that 40 would kill you. He was whipped to the point, to the brink of death. And then came the cross. But not before he had to carry that cross up a mountain. Which he himself still needed help according to the gospels. Carrying that cross. You think you can walk this Christian faith yourself? Jesus couldn't even carry the cross by himself to the top. The Son of God needed somebody alongside him in order to do the task that was before him. How much more do we need somebody alongside us to help us say, listen, I'm all in, you're all in, you may be tired, come on, let's do this together. Don't live this life by yourself, Don't struggle by yourself. Don't walk this faith by yourself because you can't. You'll collapse on the way up the hill. My goodness. This whole argument is this, simply this. It was by grace you came into the kingdom. Stop changing the game now. It is the grace that saved you and it is the grace that will keep you. It is not, come on, I thought I'd get one amen. That was good. Are you there? Are you hearing me? I'm telling you today that it is not, the, it is not your own uh, abilities and your skills and your talents. It's the grace of God. I do not set aside, Paul writes into the Galatians, the grace of God. For it is righteousness comes through the law. Then Christ died in vain. In other words, I don't set aside grace because I realize Christ died for a reason. He didn't die just so you can be forgiven. He died so you can be empowered to change the world around you. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit. If you could do it by your own resolve, if you could do it by your own willpower, then Christ would not have had to die. If you can do this life yourself, there was no reason for Jesus to come. He did it for no reason then. Plain and simple. But but he came because you can't do this yourself. So, try earning forgiveness for our past. is like being given a hundred million dollars. Or rather, being forgiven is like being a hundred million dollars in debt. Someone coming by, writing the check, and then saying, all that is paid. You're a mil- Imagine you're a hundred million dollars in debt. There's no hope for you. Someone comes along, a billionaire comes by and says, today's your lucky day. Here's a check for 100 million. I just, I want you to pay it off. This is to your debtor. We're paying it off completely. You know how people treat their Christian faith? Thank you for clearing my debt and never change how they live. Because sooner or later they'll be in debt again because they never change their attitude. They never change the way that they live their lives. And Christian faith many times is shortchanged. Your life is shortchanged because you think Christ wrote the check. I'm forgiven. But then what? You never ever are all in. Right? It's one thing to pay off that. It's another thing to change how you spend your money. Does that make sense? I want to put it practically so you can see what I'm talking about. If you don't find a way uh, to eliminate debt and generate positive cash flow in your life, then there's a problem. See, Christ doesn't just want to forgive us. He wants to empower us. So let me recap for you. Number one, I am fortified against temptation when I accept my identity in Christ. Christ helps me to identify what temptations are, are good, you know, and what is bad and most of the time he'll tell you what's bad as well right second thing it opens me to the flow of god's grace in my life the third thing is simply this the third benefit of seeing ourselves in christ is that it stabilizes my soul and walk with god i don't have to earn approval of man i don't have to try to find the way for people to like me look at me if you're looking for approval by how many likes you get, how many retweets, how many, all this situation, for some of you that are not on social media, maybe this is a little bit, whatever, but, but I want you to understand, even if you're not on social media, somehow, some way, if you get your validation from other people, when that's no longer there, you're no longer there. You will be empty. Looking for somebody to validate you. And I'm telling you today, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, he's validated you already. He's validated you already. When I, when I know who I am in Christ, I'm not tossed by my emotions. I see them. I embrace them. But I'm not moved by them to make decisions off of them. Did you hear that? You can understand them, you can experience them, but you should not be shifted in your decisions by your emotions. It's what we believe the scripture to teach us and we walk in that. And so, as a child of God, as someone that identifies as a believer, I myself, I stand before God and I look what Jesus did. The man in the middle, remember him? The man in the middle. The man in the middle, Jesus Christ. What he did for me on the cross. I may have to ask forgiveness for some dumb things. How many have had to ask forgiveness for some dumb things? And you were embarrassed just to mention what you did. You're like, sorry about that. Uh, You don't even want to mention it. You're like, that thing, you know, that happened. Sorry about that. Jesus is not intimidated by your dumb things. He says, come to me just as you are. You see, the Father loves me with an everlasting love and He still accepts me as His beloved. He still, he still owns me as His own. He doesn't disown me. He still knows the end from the beginning. He still leads me in the way everlasting. He still corrects me and teaches me and He still works in me. And I realize that in my as I embrace my identity in him i am a new creature i'm not who i was i'm crucified with christ nevertheless not i live but him in me that's who i am in christ i like what first peter said here first peter's told us this and i think we have it up on the screen here but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood. Look at me. You are a royal priesthood. That means he deems you pretty important. Sons and daughters of the living God. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him. Who called you out of darkness. Into his wonderful light. I have come that they may have life. And have it to the full. John 10.10. not 10. good? Jesus came to bring life and life to the full now watch this for a moment listen to me for a moment as you kind of understand what is what we're processing here as as a body of believers listen to me closely church there's a lot of times in our lives that we we see that we're all in we say that we're all in but then we start to see things in our lives that we ignore I'm not talking about things that you don't see in your life. See, God doesn't hold you responsible for what you don't see in your life. But some of us think we found the loophole. That if I don't see it, then I can't be responsible for it. So I'll avoid anything with God. And I'll just say he's my savior and I move on. But no. He reveals things in your heart, in your life. And in those those moments of revelation. Look at me. In those moments of revelation. Hear me. This is very important. In those moments of revelation, he brings that to the surface, not to tell you how bad you are, but to tell you how powerful you can be. Did you get that? This could free you from a lot of stress right now. A lot of times people look at the Christian faith and they think for themselves, they think, you know what? I don't know that I want to go to church today. I just don't feel like it. Do you think he felt like going to the cross? He saw the big picture. He saw the big picture. And in seeing the big picture, he realized, I don't want to go to the cross. But I know the Father has something. The Father has something for these people. And I have to go. And as he went to the cross, he went to the cross understanding that it wasn't just for him. While eventually he received the glory, he still has to go through something. He was all in. He was all in. So he took the whip. He took the mockery. He took the shame. He took the beatings. Listen, he didn't take the beating so you could sit here and feel guilty about it. Look at me. He did not take the beating so you could sit here and feel guilty. Convicted? Yes. Because conviction draws us to him. Guilty? No. Don't confuse the two. Guilt will hold you down. Conviction will draw you to him. It'll pick you up. Can I tell you something today? The man in the middle... He took the beating, walked up the mountain. He took the nails and he died all in so that you can turn around today and go, I'm free. I'm free. And now I freely give my praise back to him. That's why we have songs before we even, you know why? Because that opens you up to receive what God has for you. Can I tell you something? When we start service, be here because God is laying a foundation and he's speaking to people even in the worship time and he's preparing your heart he's, he's preparing the ground he's tilling the soil so that when you get this word you can receive it you're like a seed planted right in your heart that seed that seed, will, you know what that seed becomes? that seed that we put in our heart we can plant it, right? and that seed becomes us being all in when we become all in lives start to change starting with us so here's one final thought I want to bring to the table to you guys before we address this moment here in London there was a businessman by the name of Lindsey Clegg who told a story about a warehouse I need everyone's attention everyone look at me nobody talking nobody moving nobody doing anything listen to this he told a story about a warehouse property was selling the building had been empty for months and months and it needed repairs it was bad it was in bad shape vandals had damaged it they damaged the doors they smashed the windows they threw trash everywhere to bring a crew in after buying this place would be astronomical just to fix it up to be functional again so most people didn't look at it so it was up for sale and whatever the buyer said forget about the repairs. When I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the building. I want the site. Can I tell you something? That's what Jesus did for you. He doesn't want the building. He wants the site. He doesn't just want He doesn't just want you who you were. He wants to build on who you are in him. And so The old you, he tears that down. He's tearing down that old building. He just wants the site so he can build something great. How many know that sometimes if you buy a property, it's the property you're buying? The building is... And that's exactly what happened here. The the, the person that was buying it said, listen, I don't care what the building looks like. I know where that property is. I want the site. I'll buy... I'll, I'll give you what you're asking for. But I want the site. You know when Jesus paid it on the cross... He bought the site. Not the building. The site. And in this site, he's going to build a new creation. The question is,